if we can build systems into our life to go, okay, well, I've just had that problem. It might be uh, from a business point of view, it might be a staff member leaving, for example. Uh, okay, well, how do I better better navigate that situation next time? What's the system I can use? How can I dot, or, you know, dot point it out or, um, or you know, step-by-step -step process it out to, to better deal with it next time? Those things aren't, usually aren't unique events, um, whether it be personal life or business. So if we can go, okay, what did I do last time? What worked? How can I better this system? Then you've always got a framework that you're building and working on. And in this moment, I swear, we are infinite. Let's do this, come on! Mounting. It's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around. Three, two, one, eagle! Are these two doctors? I'm afraid so. And here we go. And here we go. Are we in? We're in. Simon Cooper, welcome back to week three of season two of the Virtus Performance Podcast. It's <gasps> a mouthful. Welcome, Wallace. How mouthful. are you? Good, mate. I'm, I'm going very well. How's the, uh, how's the last week been? Uh, the last week has been, it's been heavy, I think. Um, a lot of projects that we're working on at the moment at Virtus, which is exciting, but uh, I think the We've got a lot of ideas bouncing around our heads and uh, putting them down on paper and then starting to bring them to life is uh, a little bit harder, maybe. Um, Definitely. Definitely. But good times. The last week of the COVID games. Yes. We're running at the moment and uh, we'll start to lean into uh, a new project for all of our members in the next couple of weeks, which is very exciting. Love everything about that. Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. A, li a little, uh, like you said, we've got a lot of stuff on the go. Um, and I actually journaled about it the other day, but I've got this, I wrote this little, uh, little flow charty kind of thing, which I realized after doing it is almost a rip off of Ray Dalio's five step process. But anyway, but we've got so many ideas floating around. The next step to an idea is planning and the next step to planning is action. And then the next step to action is problem solving. And then it's an idea and it's just, just that flow through those. And I reckon I'm stuck a little bit in the planning stage, uh, probably ideas and planning. Like I've got all these projects on the go, you know, like courses and, and the next program we're doing for the, for the Virtus family after COVID games. Um, and I guess that's all come to a head this week being the last week of the COVID games that I probably haven't actioned as many things as I would have liked. So, mm. so that's the, that's the gap that I'm feeling at the moment, but yeah. Overall, for, for anyone, cruising. for anyone listening who isn't aware what the COVID games is, jump on the website, search COVID games. Uh, it's a, it's a little, uh, what do you call it? A comp not a competition. It's, it's a whole life challenge. A whole life challenge. Based around community and connection. Oh, put that on t-shirt. Why didn't we use that as promo for know. it six weeks ago? Fuck. <laughs> anyway. uh, so today we are talking about systems for success. And I think what the way that we've just started this episode is maybe a good way to start to frame what uh, systems for success mean to us. 
uh, especially with at the moment where we need to have these systems to carry us through these challenging times that we're going, uh, that we're going through. So, um, and Lockie's run a couple of workshops on systems for success. So maybe two, three, two of them. Two. Yeah. So I guess like, that's the thing we've been running these initially they were framed as goal setting seminars at Virtus mm. for, for a couple of years. And then I guess through my own learning and understanding and, and the, the way I've kind of defined maybe success or, or goal setting in the past, I've kind of shifted a little bit. So um, did I do one face to face? Was the first one started lockdown? The first one, we did do a face to face workshop framed around goal setting. Yeah. Which, which we ran together. Yeah. And then you've done two virtual ones. Yeah. So I guess the first one that I kind of changed, like the name, which isn't a whole massive thing, but changing the name from like, goal setting to system success, I kind of realized that all of the things we want to achieve are not necessarily achieved because we put that goal out there. They're achieved because we create systems and processes, habits in our lives to be able to fall back on when things aren't going well. Like we've all been in the headspace of wanting to start a new diet or wanting to get leaner or wanting to, uh, you know, train for a marathon or train for a specific event. Uh, but where we tend to fall down is if we don't have those processes and systems to, to fall back on. So the, the way the, the way the seminar is designed, it's around teaching everyone who is wholly capable of, of achieving all the crazy shit they want to achieve is teaching them how to, to, to build systems into their lives to allow them to do that. Um, like I, know, like I start the the uh, the seminar with the definition of a goal versus definition of a, of a um, system, um, and the definition of a goal is really simply just outcome orientated. It's it's figuring out what a an object of your desire is, and it's working, and it's basically going looking at with the end in mind. Whereas a system is just a set of principles and procedures that allow you to to achieve that goal so it's not like i've thrown goal setting out out the window um but i think the the meat of goal setting needs to be around building systems and identifying how you can how you can win consistently um to allow yourself to get to that goal that, are, that we all we all set yeah yeah so what would what would an example of a system versus goal be uh, all right, so a goal might be running a marathon, right? We've all done it. Some of us have done it. You've done it. Kind of, kind of counts, I guess. Kind of counts. Yeah. Um, I've done it. Uh, don't do it. It's a trap. It sucks. It hurts the whole time. Um, <laughs> unless unless pretty, you're a runner and then... Yeah. Absolutely. That, but that's exactly it, right? So I... And this is... I promise I'm not pumping my own tires up, but I ran a marathon on a day's notice, right? KP had a had wanted to run a marathon for a while. I bought it for her birthday because, you know, these are the kind of things we do for each other's birthdays. And a friend of ours, Paz, was meant to be running with her and he threw his back out a couple of days prior. Um, and I think this on the it was on the Sunday and on the Saturday afternoon, KP goes, do you want to run with me tomorrow in Paz's place? And I was like, oh, I'd always, I guess, kind of said, oh, yeah, I could run a marathon. What obnoxious, egotistical footballer doesn't say that? eight times a year, but 
when I was faced when I was faced with it, I went, "Holy shit, can I actually run a marathon?" And I guess what proceeded over the next twenty four hours was, yes, I did run the marathon, but it was significantly harder than it could have been, or maybe should have been, if I had the systems to back it up. So, you know, to give everyone that doesn't know me a background into my training, I've I've been focusing on football for the last how old am I? Twenty eight, ten years. Um, before that, I was a runner, but middle distance at the most. So middle distance cross country at the most. So the idea of running a 42K race or run was very foreign to me. Um, you know, being in the, the gym industry, I definitely lent into strength training over the last few years. So knowing that I had that base, uh, base strength and, and fitness to, to lean on, um, I knew I could do it. Um, plus the, the healthy bit of ego, I guess, was also there to know I could do it. But definitely, like the longest I'd run before that was, I think, 15K um, in an actual race and, and probably ever. So jumping from 15K to 42K is a bit silly. Uh, and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't suggest any of my athletes do it. But going back to goals versus prin- uh, principles or systems is the goal is to run a marathon, whereas the system is to it's basically the training that backs it up and the underlying training. So what I would much prefer is that rather than training for a marathon, stopping at the end, say one of my athletes or me or you train for a marathon, stopping at the end and not running anymore. We inbuild these systems of training into our lives, strength base, anaerobic base, et cetera, et cetera, to allow us to, you know, on a couple of days notice to be able to throw ourselves into an event like a, like a marathon or a trail run or something like that. Yeah. So the, there's all these, I guess there's different systems that you can kind of create for yourself that build your overall capacity to achieve those, the goals, like the objectives. Yeah, it's a capacity question. And I think that's the, the mindset of an athlete is very events based and it's very, uh, you know, whether it be football playing footy on a Saturday or the preseason preparing for round one, or whether it be a, say an Olympic athlete basing their training around the four year block of the Olympic cycle. Um, mm. It's very goal orientated, but during that goal orientation, they're con- consistently building systems, creating a bigger capacity, leveling up their abilities to do things over and over again so that, each four-year cycle, you know, Ray Dalio's loops, which if anyone hasn't seen it, just Google or YouTube Ray Dalio principles and you can dive into that. But Ray Dalio's loops is around always constantly improving. If you focus on systems, then everything you do is, is money in the bank for the next thing you want to do. It's compound interest. Um, and, you know, the, the football training and the, the strength training, although not ideal to run around, to run a marathon, just having those things, they helped me execute on that, uh, you know, albeit stupid endeavor for that Sunday morning. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you touched on it there. The other feature of a system is that it's replicable. So you can uh, outline the process and you can repeat it over and over again, almost regardless of what the outcome or the goal is. Definitely. Uh, it's, when it's when like we're faced that. with, an obstacle or a problem yeah. for the first time um, we, we've, we, ha- we have a crack at that problem the best way we know how, 
that problem in some way, shape or form is going to reappear in our life, whether it be a breakup or a business failure or whatever, there's always going to be those problems that keep reappearing. Uh, System, if we can build systems into our life to go, okay, well, I've just had that problem. It might be uh, from a business point of view, it might be a staff member leaving, for example. Uh, Okay, well, how do I better better navigate that situation next time. What's the system I can use? How can I dot, or, you know, dot point it out or, um, or you know, step-by-step process it out to, to better deal with it next time? Those things aren't, usually aren't un- unique events, um, whether it be personal life or business. So if we can go, okay, what did I do last time? What worked? How can I better this system? Then you've always got a framework that you're building and working on. Yeah. it's like when we when we learn how to do deadlifts for the first time we're not going to pick up 200 kilos but it takes the the bar rdls to the you know to the training plates to the 60 kilo to the 80 kilo to the 100 kilo it takes that time to build the capacity all we're doing is building a system around our ability to control and perform a deadlift um so mm. It's, it's just, you know, it's almost like layers. It's like Shrek or onions or whatever. It's just building layers upon layers upon layers to allow yourself to do more and be more. Um, yeah. Or do yeah. things more efficiently as well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess well, there's the thing, there's probably two conversations around systems. It's like one's to be able to like the capacity one and one's the refinement and being to be able to do things better. And, you know, whether it be maybe the efficiency and capacity are the two sides of it. Um, yeah. The, another good example of this is when we had to close our doors in response to the pandemic. Like the first time we did it, there's the first time that we were exposed to those conditions. So we had to figure out the system of, um, of actions we had to take to do, to do it effectively. Like we had to contact all of our members. We had to modify memberships. We had to uh, subscribe everyone to the online programming. Yeah. The first time and that took a lot of effort and energy in order to build that system when we were able to open again and unfortunately close again we could just <laughs> replicate that system we could do the same system again but we had the framework in place we were able we to had the playbook on. there yeah we just jump on a google docs get the playbook tweak a few things to how we could do it better and, and there we are we're ready to go Yep. It's like history, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I, I read that the other day and I love it because, love you know, like what happened 102 years ago, the Spanish flu hit a big pandemic. Um, and there's so many, like you look back at something like that and there's so many similarities that could inform the way we do things now. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there's certain, uh, governments and organisations that maybe haven't followed the playbooks that they their predecessors left, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if we look back and go, well, oh, like if I have in my head that we're going to open up again in four weeks or six weeks or whatever, whatever that time is, and we don't, I need to have systems to be able to be resilient enough to be able to work on that. And, you know, we spoke about resilience a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, but if we look at, say, Spanish flu, 1917 to 1920-ish, um, like it lasted more than three years. Mm. So we're in the, the, the first year of what could potentially be a three year pandemic. Um, you know, worst case, obviously touch science, wood. <laughs> touch wood, science is, has uh, drastically improved since then. Um, yep. 
but you know the reason why it ended back then was because everyone either died or, or developed an immunity to it so hopefully we don't get to that point here but we need to look at that and go okay well there were four waves in 1917 to 1920 we're kind of i guess going through the second wave at the moment um you could say of COVID, and you know regardless of whether people think it's a government hoax or it's 5g or bill gates is a lizard or whatever none of it really matters from a how do i act how do i act today perspective and how do i better uh, navigate through this time like how i guess this is a question for you but how do you and for everyone at home most of us are working from home at the minute we're doing this podcast uh virtually which is not ideal but it is what it is but how much better do you feel today about your you know your office setup and where you're working from home and what you're doing and your routine than you did say day one of stage four Mm. yeah significantly better um like i have a designated space that i go to work now and i have all the things around me the resources that i need to be able to do my job effectively um i have yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Bloody hell. Got my uh, post-its next to me. Uh, <laughs> got my new webcam. Got my microphone. Got uh, your coffee. We're all good. We are sweet. That's exactly uh, it. Like the way you set up your desk, that's a system. The way mm-hmm. you start your day is a system. The way you uh, execute on the tasks you've got is a system. And like we were saying before, both of us feel like we've got too much stuff on the go. So we either need to refine the system around how we execute our work or we need to create one or, or or try something else. Um, Yeah. And I guess that's the benefit of systems. Yeah. And the other benefit of systems is that they're resilient as well. Like you you mentioned when talking through the definition of what a system is, is that uh, it's like our default, um, default process that we turn to when things get hard. And when things get hard, we want to be able to bounce back from that and still kind of move forward on whatever we're working on. So having these resilient systems, having these resilient systems as like a backup, (laughs) as a backup to to fall back to is um, something that we can kind of like trust or, or rely on to keep carrying us forward. Definitely. And if, there's a, and if there's a better way, all we have to do is upgrade the system. We don't need mm. to overhaul the whole process, um, yep. you know, which again is happening in certain parts of the world at the moment. They're just overhauling the whole thing and chucking it out. Like, we, like we've got something to learn from everything. And mm. I have no doubt that like most of us, um, and obviously there's the, the fatigue that comes with second lockdown and all those kind of things. But most of us are, have adapted to this way of living in, in different ways, shapes, shape and form. Um, like we're dealing with it, the social isolation and the inability to do certain things may be better on the most part than we did stage one. But it's all it is, is because we've been able to develop things to help us. Mm. Um, like this whole, these 10 episodes of the podcast that we've got planned, the two we've already done, this one and the quick uh, seven we've got left. All of it is just tools in a toolbox to help you help you create uh, create the life that you want to live, basically, and help you yeah. be able to create the capacity you want to live. Systems are just the underlying uh, steps you take to make sure that you execute on those those things. Um, yeah. It's basically just a plan, and it's 
what I, when this happens, this happens, it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're able to then execute the way we want to execute. Um, like I know that if I follow my morning routine, which is a system of getting up, going for a walk, going for a run, coming home, um, journaling, meditating, having brekkie if, and having a coffee. If I can tick all of those things in the right order, I am going to be significantly more capable for the rest of the day um, than I may have been if I slept in or if I skipped one or two of those. Um, you know, the, this is the most arbitrary system in the world, but I just use an analog box ticking system yeah. for, for my things I wanted to do this week. Um, this is probably what I'm going to do next week for work to, to help me get on track with what I need to do. So it doesn't need yeah, to be I complicated. Guess, That's the thing. It can just be a simple checklist. I'm not that smart. So I find simple works really well and it's kind of yeah. my go-to, but then it's just leveling up when things become uh, normal or when systems become ingrained. Um, ideally it allows us to stack more systems on top or, or expand the system to allow it to do, pardon me, allow it to do more. Um, yeah. Like yeah. And there's obviously reinforcers for each system, things that whether it be a reward or whether it be like a reminder or, or a box you tick, whatever it may be. Um, if we've got the systems that, you know, allow us to, to do these things and we get to where we want to get to. And those goals that we set before, um, they're supported by not only a desire, but they're supported by the frameworks that allow us to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, so we've got these systems in place and we're talking that this whole conversation is framed by systems for success. So what does, so kind of touched on the system side of it. What does the success part mean? See, this is the very objective part of this conversation because everyone's going to be different. Everyone's definition of success is going to be slightly, uh, slightly different to, to the bloke next to him or her. Um, Here's how I look at success. Uh, I'll tell you how I look at success and then tell you how we're taught to look at success, which I think are two different things. And it's taken me uh, probably 10, 12 years of self-edification, is a favourite word at the moment, self-edification to figure out what my definition of success is. And I feel like I've, you know, a couple of years ago, I kind of cultivated what it might be. Uh, and then, you know, I, I feel like I can define it pretty well now. And, and success for me is is basically waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and doing what I want in between. Ensuring that that time is spent, su spent supporting my values, which you know, are, are around connection and around uh, you know, leveling up and cultivating awareness and, and spending time with friends and family and, and having fun. Um, there's a big freedom aspect to, to a success, I think, um, which is almost overshadowed sometimes by maybe the wrong things, which are, you know, lots of cash and, and, and material possessions. Um, and I guess we grow up, you know, maybe it's how, how we're influenced by social media, even though social media wasn't necessarily a big part of our lives when we were growing up as, uh, you know, 90s kids or whatever you want to yeah. call it. But what we see on TV shows and movies, we see these extravagant lifestyles. And for most of us, when we think of success, that's what we think of. But for me, it's just being, being happy, content, but also being challenged enough to make it all uh, inter interesting enough to keep going. 
Um, and, and if someone says to me, said to me five years ago or three years ago, do you think you're successful? Then I'm, I'm going to, I'm an R about it. I'm going to go, I don't know. But if someone says to me now, do you feel as though you're successful? I'd say, yeah, of course I am because I'm doing the things that I want to do. I'm not, I haven't reached the myriad, myriad of goals I've set for myself, but I've, I'm, I'm on the way there. And even if I don't hit them, it doesn't matter because this, I guess the, system of my life and the processes and the things that I'm doing every day uh, support, you know, the things that set my soul on fire. And they're the reason why I, why I love jumping out of bed in the morning, even though I suck at jumping out of bed in the morning, but there's the systems are what helps me do that. Like if you're asked that question, do you feel successful or are you successful? How do you feel about it? And how do you want to, uh, how, do you, how would you answer it? I definitely am an R about it. I think the reason is, uh, is because I have goals that I haven't fulfilled yet. Um, like there's, and, and maybe that's a, a cultural influence that, that has sort of um, framed how I perceive success or what I perceive it to be. Uh, there's definitely parts of my life that I think uh, I'm successful in, like, I've had a fantastic education and I have a loving family and I have wonderful friends and a community around me. Uh, and so I'm super grateful of, of those things. And in those aspects, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm successful. Uh, and, but, and I'm also very aware that the goals that I've set aren't tied to success either. So as soon as yeah. I hit those goals, I know that the bars is going to be raised that little bit higher and then I'm going to be looking for the next thing to say, Oh, then I'm going to be a success. So, uh, I, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I would say that I'm living in a little bit of dissatisfaction with where I am now. And that's almost drives me to pursue those, those things that, uh, that are my goals, whether or not they mean I'm successful or not. Yeah. Second question. Second part of that question. Are you happy? Well, that was, and that was the other thing I was going to say. Uh, I think happiness is definitely maybe a uh, determinant of success. I think if you're happy do, living your life, doing the things that you want to be doing, then that can be defined as success. Yeah. Uh, and I am happy. Like, yeah. like I said, I've got all these things around me that I am super grateful for and that I'm, I'm very fortunate to have. Uh, and I could easily continue living my life the way I am now and, uh, and be happy, but there's still that like lingering dissatisfaction that there's things, more things that I could do or more that I can be. Yeah. That makes, that makes me think that there's, there's obviously there's layers to success or there's different sides of it. Like the, it's almost like to success. If we go two like two sides, there's, being content and happy and grateful and appreciative for what you have and having the perspective to be able to see all that and enjoy it. And then the other side is to have that level of dissatisfaction where you're like, I can make this better. I can be more, I can do more. I can uh, increase my capacity um, to allow me to, to strengthen or, or, or richen those things. Is richen a word? Enrich. Enrich. 
just spelled it differently. Put the N at the end, yeah, sure. E N at the end. Um, so there's those two sides. And if we mix them up together, it's just around, well, I love who I am and what I have, but I'm on a, I'm on a journey to, to do and be more. And that's the, I think that's the big focus around the systems of success uh, model or mantra is it's just, it's all, uh, you know, it's all journey based. It's not outcome based because there is no finish line that like idea that there is something out there that will make us happy forever is, you know, a, a fundamental misconception around life um, and around uh, happiness or whatever word you want to put in front of that. Yeah. So, so that means there's there's different elements to to this conversation almost there's uh a conversation around looking forward and having uh a set definition of what success looks like to you whilst also living presently and being grateful for what you have uh and maybe even maybe you can look back in the past and see what systems worked for you and reflect on those things, which will enable you or inform you of how you can uh, keep reaching for that success. Definitely. And we got like that. We almost don't want a fixed definition of success because it's fluid. It changes. Like mm. my definition, definition yeah, can't even talk. my definition of success when we opened Virtus was, you know, significantly different to what it is now. Virtus mm -hmm. still exists in in you know, a very similar form to what it did five years ago, but I guess the drivers that allow us to contribute to it are very different. Like there's a, a lot more focus around community and family and 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 things like that. Whereas, you know, early on it was very much focused on very much focused on athlete development or, or performance or, or those sides of it. Um, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just, you know, past version of Wallace is different to current version of Wallace and it's going to be different to future version of Wallace. So he's got, so I've got to figure out, I guess, how to, if I know there's no finish line, okay, well, how can I create meaning along the journey to be able to allow myself to feel, you know, a mix of challenge, fulfillment, meaning purpose happiness all of those kind of things because if we if we happiness can be you know the opposite of success sometimes um mm. like if we chase that short-term happiness that short-term gratification and you know we could get into definitions of happiness to help inform this conversation um but then we've got to like there's so many different aspects to it and and everyone yeah. i think as in terms of like take home a take home exercise or, or something is just write down what is success to me on a page and, and start listing some things and start writing them and, and figure out, okay, well, is success buying that hundred thousand dollar car or boat or is success, you know, having a, a community and a family that loves you or is it both? Is it buying a, a, a hundred thousand dollar boat that allows you to take that community and family out so that they love you more. I don't know. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Um, I, but I think you, everyone, every individual has got to figure out for themselves what that definition looks like now or at the moment, because it'll change. Yep. Yep. And it, like even you giving that uh, little example there makes me think that the, the buying the boat or buying the house that's a goal compared to like, 
that's a goal compared to uh, success, maybe being having the successes where you have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like <clears throat> you're, you're not connecting your success to the boat. You're connecting your success to your own capacity to be able to afford the boat or to have the job <laughs> that allows you to afford those things. Um, yeah. Exactly. But then we've, we've got to look at, okay, well, is having the boat worth being miserable at work if that's the case? Yes. Um, or is, are you better off being able to you know, spend more time with the kids, for example, take them down to the beach and splash around in the shallows knowing that you might not be able to afford the boat, but you've got an extra 15 hours a week that you can spend with them. Like some, yeah. there'll be, and everyone will go this through these points in their lives, I assume, that there'll be times where the job's worth it. And there'll be times when the job isn't. Um, you know, we're in a fortunate position where we get to talk to so many different people about their goals and what they want to achieve and, and things like that. And there's some people where I kind of say, well, what do you want? And, and, and this is the what do you want question, um, which or, you know, what does winning look like? Winning is to be able to pay off a mortgage in five years. Okay, well, is the job that you don't love at the moment going to help you get there? Yes. Um, <clears throat> is that goal there for a reason yes it's there so i can support my kids and be mortgage free when i'm raising my kids well then okay well maybe being in a job you don't love for the next couple of years is worthwhile to reach that thing um but there might be a tipping point in two years where okay it's not worthwhile anymore and that's where just you know, self-awareness and cultivating awareness and you can have a system for whether it be quarterly goal setting or quarterly uh you know, I've used the brain dump example, I think on here before, um, where you kind of get some, you cultivate some self-awareness about what you actually want, which part of the, the process or the, which part of the journey you're on. And you kind of, you can, you can have a checkpoint where you reassess um, and change your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I like that. Or change direction slightly. The- yeah, and that that implies a heavy sense or um, heavy dose of reflection that allows us to look at where we are now, where we want to go, um, and like who we want to be. Uh, you, you talked before about like leveling up and the the way that we go about doing something one way the first time is going to be different to the way that we approach the same goal or approach the same. Uh, pursuit the next time and the time after that yeah definitely definitely i, I assume i don't know maybe you get better after raising the first kid and you, you use those things to raise the second kid but knowing that the framework's there but the second kid's probably going to be fairly different like uh what's another example i played a lot of pokemon when i was younger right i love that shit pokemon yellow was my jam uh, i probably Best. got my first game boy in like 1999 and I've still got that Game Boy and I've still got the game. And funnily enough, when Lucy was uh, still a potato, she was about this big and she was about two or three weeks old. There was a lot of sitting around the house. You guys were taking care of Ertis. Um, this is pre-chaos that was 2020. But I was, I was, I decided to get the Game Boy back out and play Pokemon. And, you know, I've probably gone through that game. <laughs> countless number of times, but it reinforced the idea around uh, systems and around learning and around how you face problems or 
challenges the second and third and fourth and fifth times around time around like if if you're playing a game and i like i like the idea of linking life to video games in different ways um i'm by no means a gamer but um if anyone wants to get beaten at mario kart or uh or fifa or pokemon come at me but uh, the idea around a game where you start off with a tiny little Pokemon that has no experience and you have to get, ideally, like the goal is to get to the end of the game. Um, but the whole point of the game is the process, which is just traveling, learning and leveling up over and over and over again. And I'm sure the, fir <laughs> the first time I tried to have a crack at Pokemon Yellow in 1999 when I was seven, I was probably rubbish and it probably took me months and months and months to get to the end of the game because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Having a crack at it in 2020 as 28 year old yeah. dad version of myself. I, 20 years on. <laughs> yeah. I, I generally would have got it done in like, I would have finished the game in like less than 24 hours because I knew the systems and I knew the processes to get there. So I knew to spend a little bit longer getting experience points and learning uh, and teaching my Pokemon how to do things and leveling up. And, and I knew that, you know, before I get to, to this gym, gym boss that I need to be on a certain level, otherwise I'm wasting my time. So I'm dealing with both that efficiency, uh, efficiency, I guess, pillar that we spoke about before, but then there's also the capacity pillar, which is around leveling up and getting experience points and adding on top of it. Um, you know, every little battle, my Pokemon gains experience and learns something else. Um, you know, but I've got the over, overarching system of going, okay, well, we do this before we do this. And then we do this before we do this. Yep. Um, and, and if we look at life the same way, it's, it's just like, you know, there is no end of the game. And I guess you could argue that there's, to get to the end of Pokemon, there's, there's a whole lot of man hours got to go into just training every Pokemon to get to the top level. But life is an infinite game. There is no finish line. Um, yes, we'll die one day, but... I'm, I truly believe that I'll come back as a ladybug or something. Um, I don't know. Or maybe maybe you'll we'll come back as a as a Pikachu. Oh, I hope so. Pikachu. Um, I have no idea what I'll come back as. I don't, don't even know if I come back. Maybe that's a podcast, a bonus episode. We'll talk about what we think happens after we die. But maybe it's a bonus exclusive. Yeah, something. it's either that or we'll talk about whether Bill Gates is a lizard or not. Um, I feel like I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about my friend Bill. <laughs> what a man. Anyway, um, but I guess if we can look at life the same way we look at video games, it's just around leveling up, failing, having a crack, um, learning from that failure or from that, from the you know, Pokemon battles or whatever it is, and, having, and moving forward and moving forward and moving forward. Then everything we do is influenced by what we've done. So, you know, I think transcendent include is a great um, term for that. Uh, these little babushka dolls over here, one of them's got transcendent include on them. Um, but it's just the idea that if we, everything we do is a transferable skill, right? So if, if I decide to go and do a course on cooking, there's going to be things in that cooking course that teach me maybe a system or maybe a, a process of how to do things better in the rest of my life. Like if I decide to lean into gardening, which I'm actually thinking about doing, uh, don't tell KP, I'm actually thinking about doing during this lockdown to, to get a nice uh, bit of foliage behind my office window. I'm like looking into things like that. I'm sure there's things that gardening will teach me about how I look after my athletes at first and how we look after each other and how I look after myself. 
um, you know, things around patience and cycles and, and you know, good nutrition and things like that. These are just systems and ways that we can implement good things into our daily life to do more and be more and have that higher capacity or, or, or have that level up. Mm. Love it. Uh, that's all for me. That was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I blacked out a little. Uh, yeah, you said some good things. So let's... Um, After this, Matt. Let's call it there before we before we ruin it. Uh, <laughs> next next episode, big rocks. Talking about big rocks and how to uh, we're continuing this conversation around systems and habits and how to live better. So you'll, you'll notice that there are a lot of themes that uh, link into each of each of these episodes. Um, part of that's uh, intentional, but most of it's just dumb luck and accident. And, you know, maybe it, this shit works a little bit, but I guess the idea around the big rocks is that what are the, what are the big things that we can do to look after ourselves better? What are the big things we can do to increase our capacity? Um, and, you know, the big rocks that we're going to be talking about next week are sleep, uh, sleep, hydration, nutrition, and what's the other one? Hydration. Sleep, Except hydration, me. nutrition. What else do we need to do? Stress management. I don't know. Yeah. We've got it written down somewhere. Exercise, maybe. Exercise yeah. movement. How do we miss movement? We're in the gym business. Jesus, that's the Christ. thing we do. Uh, yes, that is the thing we do. So, uh, yeah, we'll get some, stuck in next week because it's going to be yeah. eight. Yeah, we'll give you some tangible strategies that you can take away and integrate into the systems in your life. Yeah, and and we'll give you some, I guess, some boxes to tick, um, and some ideas around. Okay, well, how can I? make sure that I'm achieving the things I want to achieve so that I can do the things I want to do, whether it's chase after your kids or, or get to Tokyo 2023. Doesn't bloody matter. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting around it. Please like, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. And uh, comment on Simon's long hair if you're watching on YouTube because it's looking delicious. So um, the headphones are holding it back. So uh, thank you, everyone. Be good. <laughs> See you guys. There is one more thing, it's been emotional.